may not look like much. She's got it where it counts, kid. This is the Millennial Falcon. I'm Josh. And I am John. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. So, Josh, I got to tell you something. Okay. Right wait. off the bat. What are you going to tell me? Um, to, Y'all remember our Tom Cruise episode. Josh gave mm. rave reviews for the movie Collateral. Yes. I just finished it yesterday. What'd you think? Dude, what a good movie. Isn't it? It was a good movie. And it's interesting to see Tom Cruise play a villain. I don't know mm-hmm. if I've ever seen him play a villain. That's why, like, that was a big reason why um, I wanted to watch it. He's straight up ruthless. Like, yeah. he's shooting into crowds of people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, dude does not care. I told Zero you. Zero cares given. Yeah. Just everybody dies. But then Max, like, Jamie Foxx's character, mm-hmm. he's just... Loves him like he's just friends with him. Yeah, yeah, a few times during the movie, I won't give any spoilers, but he's like, "Hey, you gotta have more confidence in yourself." Like, "Hey, go ask that girl out that you yeah, say you like, like." Yeah, yeah, I know. Like you, you feel like he actually wants to be friends, and mm-hmm. the way. Never mind. We'll talk not podcast time because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> I will say, good movie. Would recommend. It's really good. Minority. I, I really Report, enjoyed it. I did. I tried watching Minority Report. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I think you mentioned that I on, on the other podcast. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I just okay, I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah but anyways. I can't remember if I seen that one or not. Honestly, I think the last time I, I I think I did see it, but it was so long ago, I just barely remember it. Um, yeah, but today, yeah. today I'm excited, or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at this hour, at this exact moment, what are we talking about? We are talking about Star Wars Tales of Tales of the Jedi. That's right. It's a kind of like a mini series. Yeah, so it's kind of mini like mini episodes. A, I mean, yeah, it's like a special kind of a series that came out. Um, when did this come out? October twenty twenty two, I think. Is that it? Oh yeah, yeah, October twenty twenty two. So not that long ago. Um, so this is a pretty new series. Um, and I kind of hope it is a series. I kind of hope they keep making I would love more of these. More They've been so good. Just like more little, like they're just like the short little stories that kind of fill in the blanks yeah. of stuff that you haven't been told before. But they're so, like none of them are longer. They're each between like 10 and 20 minutes. Yeah. They are packed. Yeah. I think the longest so one is 17. so much plot and so much character development is insane. Yeah. They're really, really good. Like they're top notch quality. Yeah. Um, like, we'll get into that. Like, okay, so uh, oh, important we note. we will get into that. It will get into it. Uh, important note. So we're not going to cover the entire series today, but we are going to talk about episodes one through four. So there is six episodes in total in Tales of the Jedi, and, and each one of them is kind of its own, like, story, except for really, like, uh, two, three, and four two, really three? go together. Yeah, two, three, and four, you could watch just one of them. Yeah, you could. And you would still get a full story, but they, like, two, like, four builds off of what three laid the foundation mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. and three builds off of what two laid it. Like, they each feed yeah, into each other. Yeah, they do build off each and other. And you get, like, because two, three, and four are primarily about uh, Dooku, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, they are. And um, you do like you see how like the what occurs in episode two, number three, episode three builds off of that, mm-hmm. and then like number four seems like the like the final nail in the coffin kind of thing of like what drives yeah. Dooku. Yeah. Like the I'm so excited to get into this. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Like the first episode is about Baby Ahsoka and stuff, and I think the reason why they put these because because it does kind of feel like like first episode talks about Ahsoka, next three episodes talk about Dooku mostly, and then the last two episodes talk about Ahsoka again. And I think the episodes literally come out chronologically, so like you you do follow them one after the other. Yeah. But the reason why we're not gonna get to episodes five and six today is because it does technically fall. Um, like the one actually takes place over the entire Clone Wars series in a single episode. That explains um, some things to me. I accidentally watched those. Yeah, and so yeah. Well, we won't get into depth about, it, but it, the episode four or sorry five episode five uh, takes place over the course of the entire Clone Wars series, and then episode six takes place right in the middle of Revenge of the yeah. Sith. So episode three of the actual like movies near the end. Yeah, yeah, kind of in the middle to the end of, of it. Events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they're both really good, but we'll get to those chronologically. I think with yeah. once we get there, I would really like to get into that. Clone Wars. Um, I this was my first like last week's episodes. I think would be my first introduction to Ahsoka. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, episode number one of Tales of the Jedi is titled Life and Death. Let me read you a quick little summary just for those um, that if you've watched this... Oh, by the way, if you haven't watched any of these, we're going to be getting into major spoilers for these. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to spoil necessarily for some of these, um, but but they're really good. Um, So go watch them. They're totally worth watching. Yeah, if you don't want us to like... If you don't want anything potentially like ruined... For you, or you just want to experience it before you listen to a review, go watch it first. Highly recommended. All right, so here is the Wikipedia kind of a summary for Life and Death, Episode 1. A year after her birth, an infant Ahsoka Tano is taken on her first hunting trip with her mother, Pavti Tano. Pavti Tano. Both are surprised by a large predatory animal which kidnaps Ahsoka. After Ahsoka subdues the animal and has it return her to the village, the village elder realizes that she has some strong connection to the Force. She got all the midichlorians. So that's like a really quick summary of the that's entire episode. That's the entire episode. That's the entire episode. So I really enjoyed this episode, but there's really not a whole lot going on. No, there's really not. No, there's there's really not much. How long was I'm just gonna look it up again? I think this might be the shortest one. Yeah. I think it's like eleven minutes or something like that. Um, or no, I think they range from thirteen to seventeen. So I think this must have been thirteen minutes, is my guess. Um, but yeah, like like I just said from the Wikipedia, essentially you get Baby Ahsoka. Uh, this one is, this one is nineteen minutes. What? This one's yeah. one of the longer ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. That surprises me, too, because it didn't feel like it. No, it didn't. And it really, like, that description was basically the entire episode. Yeah, there's really not a lot. There's a lot of um, time on, like, the environment yeah. in this, which is really cool. I, I, I thought it was re- – I like their planet. I like their mm-hmm. – like, I don't know the names of the of this race of, of – of... Togruta is the name of the species. Oh, yeah, because that's their language. There's really not a lot – well – 
there's really not a lot like you basically laid out the whole plot in, I did yeah. in what was said there yeah um but it's it's really cool to just kind of even see the Togruta village and stuff is is really kind of cool yeah. to like see the culture and stuff it very much reminds me of um like First Nations kind of a thing and stuff where you just like there there's a lot yeah. of like a culture you can tell like they have a lot of like ancestry and stuff going on and things and like the village elder is very much like seems like she's like praying to her ancestors and stuff yeah. at different moments. Well, they even mentioned like the reason that um, Pafti wants to take Ahsoka on this hunt is because it would it would make the ancestors happy. Like it's a tradition yeah. that um, this is like you and I both being Christians. I found this really interesting that this show kind of reminds me a lot about faith. Oh yeah, like this whole six episode arc reminds hmm. me a lot about faith. Expand on that. Um, I would like to, I'm going to wait on that until we get into more Dooku. Okay. But for this, I will just say, I found it really cool that like Pofty seems like she's the more traditional. Mm-hmm. She wants to like keep up the, the rites of passage and yeah, like keep up yeah. there, whether that's like their religion or just their way of being, whatever you want to call it. Like uh-huh. she's more, she wants to like stay intact with that. And her husband, whose name I forget right now is like, you don't need to take her on the hunt. Like you don't yeah. need to do this. Yeah, because she's kind of like, oh, that's a really old, but like that's an yeah. old tradition. You like, don't even need to worry he about says, this. Yeah, even he says something. And she's like, don't make the ancestors mad. Yeah, yeah. So there is like, the, I feel like they're like a religious type of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what religion would be, but they yeah. just seem like they're more spiritual beings. Like they're really connected to like their heritage mm-hmm. and stuff. It seems like which is, which is cool. Like it, it, I thought it was really cool too. How I mean, it's the Star Wars universe, right? So droids are everywhere. <laughs> it seems like it's. Like, the whole thing about Star Wars, it's as a galaxy, like, far, far, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but yet every civilization, even, like, these little villages seem like they have, like, future tech integrated yeah. into their cultures. Which is why I was always confused by how it says a long, long time ago. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> where did this technology go? It's because it's a galaxy far, far away. Oh, gotcha. Um, so it's just so interesting to me how they have, like, even in some of the other episodes, too, like, there's droids doing like regular manual labor tasks like you can see the droids carrying supplies to help them fix a roof and stuff like that and yet they still have the people actually fixing the roofs it's mostly like the droids are carrying the stuff around um okay but, so that, that's that interesting because i always thought droids were like the military thing like Mm-mm. jedi used droids. but this is just droids are just a regular part of like, no that makes sense because phantom menace they like they have droids oh yeah there's droids uh, for everything no, okay yeah that's interesting Mm-hmm. I just never clued into like, oh, in, in Star Wars universe, droids are just like yeah. helpers, like butlers or servants or whatever. It's like having a pet or yeah. like a dog or a tool. You know, a tool is probably having a better a, analogy. <laughs> it's just like another tool. Having a C-3PO. Yeah. Um, but I just find it really fascinating. But um, they did a really good job at making Ahsoka's mom look like Ahsoka. Um, like especially like you're less familiar with her, but actually like older Ahsoka and stuff that you see in like Rebels. In, in, like, the Rebels TV show and different things like that. Like, she really does look like her mom, which I just thought was a really cool thing to do in the animation of it. Homage um, to the parents. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. They did they did a really good job at that. This one I really didn't have much in terms of, like, notes. Yeah, I don't have a to ton say. to say about this. Like, there's some, like, cool little moments and stuff. Like, yeah. I thought it's crazy how they have a tradition to take a one-year-old baby on a hunt <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And in some cultures, that's a big thing of like taking yeah. your, young, your young ones out. And like, I forget where it is, but there's certain cultures where like, 
you're not considered a man. like you're not considered a man. You wouldn't be allowed to marry. I'm like this is just from what I remember. Mm-hmm. So I could be a little bit wrong on this. Certain cultures where you're not allowed to be married, you're not allowed to like. You don't have really have a voice as a man until yeah. you kill your first animal. Right. This is a very tribal thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. certain tribes and like cultures will have like a, it's a big the hunt is a big deal. Yeah. So that's another thing where I'm like, oh, these this is like a like a rite of passage, mm-hmm. like. And even though she brings it up, like the title of the episode is Life and Death. Like, yeah, she, yeah. It feels like she's like wanting her to know this. Because mm-hmm. like, hey, if you're going to live, you're going to have to face death. Yeah. It, it's just crazy. Like to me as someone who actually has little kids and stuff, like I shelter my kids from violence in a way. Like I don't let them watch violent shows and stuff because like we've tried that before and usually they – become more violent when they watch violent things because they're very impressionable. They're tiny little kids and stuff, like they're toddlers and stuff. So um, it's just, it's so interesting to me to see, and I realize this is a real thing, like you just said, like that other cultures do, but she literally is like killing this like deer alien thing right in front of the baby. It's like, uh, like don't look away, like look at, at death and stuff like she's wanting her one-year-old baby to embrace death before she's even able to really understand these concepts and stuff like to sensitize death but like to show that it's not something that you need to fear yeah it's like this is part of life and how i thought of it yeah like and i totally like respect that and like appreciate it in a certain way but i also part of me is like is this traumatizing for this little child to see their mom like take a knife and start like literally gutting a deer in front of them my thought like, was like, like I was like, I wonder what's going on in Ahsoka's brain. Like, oh, this cute little animal. Oh, yeah. my mom just shot this animal. Oh, yeah. okay, now we're stabbing it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be so weird. Like, so I kind of, I kind of see both sides of like the, you want to, like train up your young mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, is it, is one, too soon to be introduced to that? Um, you mentioned violence. Like I don't like in this sense. I wouldn't say this is necessarily violence. So it's a violent form. It's yeah. Okay. I will. I Killing will agree that. things. But <laughs> it's not like. Like I think there's a difference between showing like, showing hunting to somebody uh-huh, as uh-huh. opposed to like here watch this movie where guy A is just stabbing guy That's B in true. the throat. Yeah, it's not like there's like, like glorified gratuitous violence. Yeah, and like. This meat, this meat is going to sustain our family. That's true. It's like this is survival versus like anger and like malice and stuff yeah. that you see in other violent things. Yeah, that is a good point. Because even like I feel like we're getting off on a tangent. So this will okay. be the last thing I say on this. But even a lot of hunters will tell you like they are very pro like like you only hunt what you intend to eat. Yeah. Um yeah. it's it's a yeah. part of the, the ecosystem. Like this is like you're you're trying to preserve the animals. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just going off poaching them. Like you you have a lot of respect for like for life and for this animal. Like it's not just this is fun. Yeah. 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 That's you that's do true. Get that's those, true. And I don't like that form of like hunting for sport. But I can see the justification for like survival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, I like meat, so I can't really say I can't. <laughs> yes, hunting. very true. <laughs> um, man, the this baby is fearless, though. Like Ahsoka, right? like laughing and stuff at the tiger fighting your mom yeah. and this, stuff, and just even just like going to the tiger and still not crying once. I don't think she cried once the entire episode. 
I think there's a, all the a bit where things. she where she like whined a little bit. Maybe a little bit, um, yeah. So here was my question, and I thought this I thought it made it clear, but maybe it wasn't. This tiger animal thing mm-hmm. was about to like take a bite out of her. It seemed like did she yeah. use the force to like you don't want to kill me? I think that's exactly what happened. Like the Obi-Wan, like, you don't want to sell me death sticks? Like, Ahsoka's like, you don't want to kill me today. There seems to be this thing in the Force, and you'll see more of this in the Clone Wars as we keep watching it, but that there's some kind of, like, a way to connect with animals and stuff through the Force and things, like certain people. Isn't that a big thing with the Force? Like, all beings are made of the Force kind of thing? Yeah, that that gets into the whole, like, midichlorians thing and stuff that a lot of people hate. (laughs) But... Um, but yeah, like the force is in and through us all kind of a deal and in every living thing. And yeah, so the, but there is like certain characters, you know what, actually, I think a lot of the examples I'm thinking of actually happen in Rebels, which is like a whole other show that we'll eventually get to. But um, yeah, it, there is a history of the force being used to kind of like influence and speak to animals and stuff. So it's really interesting. I think that's. Essentially, what the baby Ahsoka was doing is he puts her hand on the, like, saber-toothed tiger's nose kind of a thing. Lay hands and pray. Yeah. Basically, it's just like, uh, I love you, tiger. You're going to be my friend now kind of a thing. And somehow gets on top of the tiger's back and gets it to take her back to her village. Which, or him, whoever yeah. thing the tiger is. But And um, there was, like, the little, like... At the end, they kind of gave each other, like, the the nod, like, oh, we respect each other now. So. Yes, yes. It was really cool, though. Like, this episode was gorgeous. Like, it, was it looks so pretty. Like, the animation is so good and stuff. Just, yeah. just the environment detail is incredible. This was the first time in any of the Star Wars content that I've seen so far where I'm like, this is a really, like interesting looking planet that i would mm-hmm. love to see more of yeah like i i would love to see more of the of togruta mm-hmm. the people the culture yeah i want to I, I would love to know more so i'm excited to yeah. get into more it's a ahsoka. really cool culture yeah do they it's get like, into more of that in the other shows uh you do just primarily ahsoka i don't think you ever go back to this planet from memory you might but i can't quite remember anything in this planet but you definitely get to know more uh of the people from the species mm-hmm. and stuff um, or species, race, however you want to say that. Um, I think species I think it's, would be accurate. I think races, a... species is more like animals and stuff. Race, I think, is what you say for well, the I aliens. I mean, even humans are a species. I suppose so. so. Either or. <laughs> um, Beings that they are. Yeah. But uh, there's one, spe- before we get into ratings for this episode, uh, which we are going to rate every episode, um, last comment. There's such a gorgeous like still shot in this episode that's like i almost wanted to like screenshot this and like set as a desktop background or something it's just so cool looking but when ahsoka actually touches the tiger's nose and they like zoom out and stuff it's just like oh it just looks so cool that did that's like such a cool moment um all right any other comments before we get to ratings no i think i said all i need to say well, we've already kind of commented on it, but usually the first category we get to is visual effects slash animation when we're talking about animated films. Um, animation is stellar in this one. Yeah, it was really good. I gave it a 9.1. Whoa. I thought I was generous with a 7. What? Okay, <laughs> hear me out, though. 
Yeah. Animation, really good. Mm -hmm. I'm just not, like, I don't pay that much attention. I know. It's kind of more so, my thing. this is my thing. I don't know. Maybe we need to talk about this later. Mm -hmm. Like, just ourselves. But I'm just going off of, like, the ratings. For me, what matters to me. Mm-hmm. And so then you do your ratings and what matters yeah. to you. Yeah. And then together, that the forms the Millennial Falcon official rating. Absolutely. Like, that's how I do it. I don't know if you want to, No, that's like, the way we should okay, do it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so. for sure. Like, we're, that is the whole thing. So like, everyone I'm going to stick with my opinions. seven. I could very easily give it an eight. Yeah. What did you rate um, the animated movie? Do you remember? Because I feel like you gave it an eight. And, yeah, and I you're did, saying this but... is not as good. Oh, it's it's on par with that one. Really? Is what I would think. Oh, my gosh. This is like leaps. Dude, I almost, almost want to go up to an eight now. But because like, yeah, I'm doing honestly it. animation. Like, I'm not trying to convince you to change your rating, but I'm doing it. I'm trying. I'm making it an eight. Animation is hard pressed to get too much better than this. Yeah. Like, there's a few examples I can think of in my head of stuff we'll eventually get to that the animation is just phenomenal. Um, but this is right up there. This is like, I honestly, I start. You, you'll notice I give this a nine point one. I have to start using decimal places. In my ratings now, because mm. I I just keep running into things where I'm like, oh, this is an eight, but maybe it's like a little bit more of an eight than that, that last eight I gave. That might be something I'm gonna start doing. And now. so I'm just gonna start doing desk places because it it's just it's there's not enough numbers. <laughs> I need I need the decimal places. So nine point one for animation uh, for me. Uh, and are you actually gonna change your rating? Mm -hmm. I just did. What are you giving it? I'm giving it for animation. I'm giving it an eight. An eight. Okay. Um, acting. Now, this is something that's really hard to rate for this episode yeah. because there's almost no acting at all in this. It's almost just storytelling through visuals because there's mm -hmm. very little dialogue. There's very little lines. There's very little because, like, acting when you're talking about animation is like voice acting, right? Mm -hmm. There's almost no lines. In this whole episode, <laughs> there's barely any. So it's like, it's hard for me to give this like a high rating because there's really not much to go on. But what there was was perfectly fine and passable. Um, so I just gave this a 7.5. Yeah, I gave it a a 7. 7, yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm going to start from now on. No, I take it back. I am going to be a little more like, I can change my ratings if I really like it. Okay. You can just, yeah, we'll scratch that out. I should have told you beforehand that I've started doing decimal places. Yeah. I'm going to start for the next episode. All right. Um, I kind of want to go back and like slightly tweak a few ratings even yeah. now that I'm doing this decimal thing. Whereas, like we said in other episodes, we're trying to figure out this yeah. stuff and like how we want to do it. Um, but yeah. Acting, 7.5 for me. Um, what did you just say yours was? Seven. Seven. Uh, even if there wasn't a lot of voice acting, what was there was mm. good. Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. I liked I liked Pofty. I liked um oh, you know, I forgot every other name. I liked the dad as well. Mm -hmm. I liked the the elder. That's and those essentially really it. the only the tiger, I suppose. The but growls. Yeah. Um good growls. Yeah. Like the performances we got were good. Nothing blew me away, but nothing was bad. So yeah, seven point five for me. Uh character development. Again. Not a whole lot happens here. You you get a little bit of an origin of Ahsoka's like culture, which was interesting. So like, there's no like, there. I'll say this: there's no characters that were in this episode that I felt like I needed more from. 
Like there's nobody I feel like I need more from. So you can't really ask for much more. But then again, it's not like that much was developed as far as a character aspect goes. So for me, I just kind of gave this a 7.5 again, which is yeah. just like, this was good. This was good. Can't ask for really anything more, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's really difficult sometimes to rate some of these categories when you're talking about television episodes because there's so many aspects of this that's like, yeah, this isn't fleshed out in this episode because it's going to be fleshed out in the other episodes and stuff. And that's the intent. It's supposed to be that way. Uh, so sometimes character development specifically, I really have trouble giving ratings on for television episodes. Character development? Yeah. 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 How about you? I gave it a I gave it a seven primarily because I just like it was a good introduction, like a good a good. I wouldn't I don't know if I would necessarily even say origin to Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say the beginning of the origin. Yeah. Ahsoka. So I gave it a seven. Because I, I like the character. Mm-hmm. I like, let's like, oh, we're showing her, her roots, like her deep down roots. So I liked yeah. it. Dialogue. Um, again, this one again. has almost no dialogue. T- t- I'll, I'll spoil it for you now. I just gave it, besides effects being an eight, I gave it straight sevens across the board. Okay. Yeah. I gave this an eight. Um, I thought the dialogue lines that were there, I really enjoyed. Um, so eight. But there was just so almost none of it that it's hard to give it better of rating than that. It was good dialogue. I like the dialogue between um, the mom and the dad popping. Yeah. I wish it's I just could remember his lines, name. But, but I don't know if they gave him a name, did they? I don't I remember him even having a name. Hmm. He might have. I just didn't catch it. I'm just going to call him Mr. Tano. <laughs> Mr. Tano, yes. <laughs> Mr. T. Mr. T. Um, all right. Sound design. Um, eight for me. Good. Yeah. Um, again, all you need for good sound design is something that kind of immerses you into the moment. Yeah. Sound design did a great job at that for this. I feel like sound, like sound design, is pretty well almost always going to be a, a seven for me, mm-hmm. unless it's like, oh, that was really bad. Then yeah. I would give it lower. Or if I hear that scream mm-hmm. that we that the, the famous <laughs> the Wilhelm scream, the Wilhelm scream, <laughs> that bumps it up right away. Yeah. Basically, I, I, it's fun. So it's when the sound design becomes memorable. It's something That's when you when finish it, yeah. it and you're like, man, that track is still in my head or those sounds I keep thinking about. Mm. Like that's when sound design really gets bumped up for me. But if it does a really good job at immersing you into the environment to the point where you're not even thinking about the sound design, that means the sound design is doing its good job. It's when the sounds take you out of the moment that you know it's doing a bad job. So when you start to really notice the sounds and stuff, in like a bad way, that's you know it's bad. So for this one, eight for me, very very good. Um, anything else to say about that? No, not really. Story slash plot. So the plot of this, fun. I enjoyed it. It was a good. It was a good story. It was I, a good story. I liked it. it wasn't blowing me away or anything. It was just very very simple. Very yeah. very simple story. Simple, well done though. Very well done. Very well done. Extremely so, well executed. I gave it a, again. I've said it. I gave it a, a seven. I gave it a seven point nine. So it was interesting. Just below an eight. Like it was. I'm definitely gonna start doing average. decimals. Like it. Like it, I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't like eight level for me. So I. But I didn't want to just give it a seven because I thought it was like I really enjoyed this thing. It was better than just good for me. I really enjoyed it. Um. So yeah, seven point yeah. nine. I'm going to start doing decimals. I feel like that will help out, too. So, 
my average score, even eight. <laughs> so stretched out to an even eight. Um, very enjoyable. Really good. And yours was a, what did you say? 7.2. So that gives... 7.6. 7.6 it is. So the Millennial Falcon. Dude, I think that's our highest rating so far. Is it? Hmm. I think everything else has been in the sixes so far. Really? You know what? I think you might be right. Maybe even lower than six for for Clone Wars or Phantom Menace. Huh, I'll have to go back and check. Yeah. So I'm gonna I you know what I'll do? Maybe I'll do a recap on our or figure out a way to post a recap on our Instagram. Yeah, that would be fun. So Tales of the Jedi, season one, episode one, Life and Death, Millennial Falcon review score is seven point six. That's very fair. I feel like that's a good Yes, that's absolutely. A good, that's very fair. I really like that score. Okay. Here we go. I'm glad. Like, I like talking about that episode. Yes. Let's get in <laughs> to episode two, Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Justice. This is where things get really good. Dude. Okay. Can I just start? Can I start saying things? Do you want me to give the summary first or do you want to say things first? Oh, okay. No. Say the summary. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Let's get into it. Say the summary. All right, here we go. Hopefully I don't stumble across this one. Jedi Master. i going to put on my uh, voice announcer guy voice. Jedi Master. Yeah, no, no, start no, over. Sorry. <laughs> that was funny, though. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? You could read it. We could go back and forth, maybe, on on yeah. the plots. Do you if, want to try give it a shot? Like, if you're if you're... Struggling with reading it. Do you want me to just start I'm, over and I am tongue-tied, yeah. Okay. Why, don't, why don't you start over? You can do it. Okay, episode two, Justice. Jedi Master Dooku and his Padawan, Qui-Gon Jinn, are sent to a dilapidated village on a planet to retrieve Senator Dagonet's kidnapped son. There they find the corrupt senator is starving his people and refusing to step down from his position, driving them to this desperate plot. Dagonet attacks and threatens to make an example of the city, but Dooku uses a force choke to intervene. Qui-Gon and the senator's son convince Dooku not to kill Dagonet. However, the son sides with his kidnappers and promises the villagers that he will help them. This episode is crazy. Like, Dude. The, the plot alone is just, it, it's really yeah. good, but it's also like, man, this guy really is corrupt. Like, this, this Dagonet senator guy, like, yeah. it's so terrible. You will find, like, what I found, and this is, oh, man, I almost want to wait till we get through all the episodes to bring this up. But I'll start this now, and we can keep talking about it, because okay. it, it's going to come up again through yeah, all these yeah. episodes. This is such a very brilliant start to Dooku. Mm -hmm. Like, I really did not care for Dooku when I watched Clone Wars. Yeah. And... In in or Attack of the Clones. Sorry, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. In Clone Wars, I'm like, this is just a straight up bad man. Yeah. He's just a villain. Yeah. This kind of made me have a little heart for him. Like mm -hmm. I kind of get a little sympathy for him. Yeah. Like he he's a Jedi. Mm -hmm. He and this is very interesting to how Qui-Gon becomes who Qui-Gon is. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's not hard and fast with the rules. He he kind of follows his own his own moral compass, kind of. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um but then when he encounters, I feel like this is the start of he sees Senator Dagonet's like corruption and he's really just he's more interested in political power than he is in using his power to help. And that I feel like that's something that really 
gets under Dooku's skin and really unnerves him. Yeah. So this is just like, what a brilliant start. And it's just going to like, in these other episodes, it's just going to keep happening to him where he's just going to get more and more mm-hmm. disenfranchised with um, with yeah. being a Jedi. Yeah, I want to talk about well, that maybe too. Maybe more so, he's more disenfranchised with the Senate than he is the Jedi. He, in yeah. this episode so far. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to just talk about this one knowing all three, eh? Like, like they um, ble- they really bleed together a lot. Well, especially well, the first two. We're gonna get to them, yeah. so let's just oh. let's not be too afraid to kind of merge around a little bit. But, um, totally agree. Like, it's it's fascinating to see Dooku's like descent yeah. from being like a true true blue Jedi to kind of starting to get like I don't know, just like changing things. Like and then you, by the time you get to like Attack of the Clones, the movie, yeah, he's just well. By that point, he's just sold. Like, he's yeah. he's just, he is a Sith at that point. Oh, yeah. It, it should kind of be said, like, if you didn't already pick this up, um, this takes place before, like, even before Phantom Menace, technically. Like, this yeah, is. Because Qui Gon is a Padawan here. Yeah. He's young. Like, yeah. he's probably like a teenager age, like, maybe young adult, teenage yeah. age guy. Did you notice, random insert, did you notice that he didn't have the Padawan braid? Oh, I didn't. Did which, he not? No, which is interesting. I feel like that's another way of like. Are you sure? Yeah, I looked at it, I looked at it again. And I even googled it, and there's a fan theory that's like, this is another way of Dooku's slightly rebellious, hmm. of like I'm not gonna make my Padawan identity. I, I have to identify himself as a Padawan. He's gonna let him keep his his longer hair. Hmm. That's and, fascinating, uh, because like, in, like you you touched on this a little bit, but Qui Gon is not really like a super rebellious jedi from what we know of him he's not like, rebellious but he does seem like he he would rather follow like he he's more interested in right and wrong yes. than following orders yes that's very true because he wanted to like even with anakin he wanted before obi-wan and stuff uh well before qui-gon died obviously and stuff and obi-wan ended up raising him but qui-gon, Qui-Gon wanted, to be wanted the, yeah to, he wanted to be his master yeah he wanted to take anakin and be like, hey, let's train him as a Jedi and stuff. And the council's like, nah, 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 nah. Like, we, he's too young. He's too old and, and all these different things. He's like, but he is the chosen one and all this stuff. Like, Qui-Gon was adamant that he's the chosen one. He was trying to do what was right and stuff. And, um, yeah, super interesting. Um, comments about this specific episode. I, loved, I also really loved – Qui-Gon is my favorite character so far in all of Star Wars. He's really cool. And I was so like I feel like you walked into this episode and at least I was like, "Oh, I don't know 100% who these people are, but just the end the way they animated him, that is a Liam Neeson look alike. That is Qui-Gon." <laughs> and I'm like, "If that is Qui-Gon, and I recognize Dooku by the voice." Yes, the voice um, is iconic. Uh, what's his name? Corey Burton? Uh, that sounds right to I me. I think it's I think I'm Anyway, props to that voice actor. He did amazing and he he played him in clone wars also it's the same voice actor that played him in clone wars he did amazing it's cody uh, or Corey or something are you are you referring to um which character are you referring to dooku's voice actor dooku's voice actor i think it is cory burton yeah it is cory yeah. burton um in this episode michael neeson um voices qui-gon jinn which Michael Neeson, like a, a descendant of Liam Neeson? Oh my gosh, I think he is. Let me check this now. 
because he doesn't he must really be his say, son. He doesn't really sound the same as as Liam. Oh, he must totally be his son, because he's literally from Ireland and stuff, just like his oh, dad. Yeah, maybe there there has to be some relation. I don't know many. Oh, reasons. and they they've played in movies together, so he's got to be his son. That's so cool. I didn't even catch that's, that. That's, that's so really fun. cool. That's super that's so cool. fun that they did that. They yeah. had like his son play his younger himself. That's so cool. But yeah, this episode was really good. Like the um, so again, like the plot of this one, um, essentially, Dooku and Qui Gon um, go to this planet uh, to investigate uh, the one senator's son who was kidnapped and stuff. They figure out the entire town is is the people that kidnapped the son because uh, the town has been deprived and stuff. They're not getting mm. goods. They're not being basically taken yeah. care of by the government. The senator is more interested in lining his own pockets than he is in helping his people is basically what they say. Yeah, yeah. So the senator's super corrupt and stuff. And even his son, who doesn't even, he, the son is like, I didn't know anything about how these people are being treated. And yeah. I can't, I can't side with my father on this. He even says that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The The son basically takes their side. Yeah. And stuff, which is super fascinating, too, just um, as a plot point and stuff. I mean, I guess it's, like, not super original. Like, there's a whole thing called Stockholm Syndrome and stuff. But um, I don't think that's exactly no, what happened No, that's here. not what's happening That's here. not what's happening here. But um, really, it's just so cool. It, it's so well executed. Well, even the, even the, the attempt to kidnap the senator's son, like, mm-hmm. he even says, like, they're, they're treating me well. Like, they, like the yeah. Qui-Gon and Dooku ask the kid, like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. they're treating me very well. You can tell these people aren't interested in being like they're not interested in trying to kill somebody. They're not, no. They don't want to kidnap somebody. They just want their lives yeah. to be better. They're good people. They're just like suffering. They're, they're good people under a bad ruler. Yeah. Like even um, the person that sold them out and basically told the senator where the kid was and stuff was from their village. And the other person from the village is like didn't even blame her. She's like she was just hungry. The, any one of us that's, would have done the same. Really sad. It's so sad. Like the stakes in that, like that, like standoff and stuff with like all the armed guards from the senator versus the townspeople and the Jedi and stuff. Like that standoff, the tension was like so high, and mm. the stakes seemed so high. Like you really, at that moment, you were like, you knew the Jedi wouldn't die, obviously, but you're like, who's gonna die? Like, are they really? Is he really gonna have? His guards kill his own people. I was stuff. so surprised when the first villager died. I was like, "Yeah, you just killed your own people. It's ruthless. Like you need to be not in politics. You oh need to gosh. be not a senator. It you was need so to, terrible. You need to be in jail." I was so happy that like it, it, it's so weird though because they this show really makes you get on Dooku's side. Like it's like. Yeah, like he should have done what he did. Like maybe other than trying to choke him out and kill him at the end. Oh, maybe but, that is something important to mention. Like the, like Dooku does try to to basically he's attempting to kill. Yeah, the senator, and the only way that stops it, the only way he ends up stopping, is because Qui Gon goes mm-hmm. and gets the son. He's like, hey, listen, you need to go save your father. Yeah, he cuts his handcuffs off. He's yeah. like, here, go go to your father, like save him yeah. and stuff because. That's basically the only thing that's going to stop this from this Well, even in the fight. end, uh, Dooku says, like, thank you for thank you for not making me do that. Like, thank you yeah. for – I forget how he yeah. says that. Yeah, he's like, essentially he's like, thanks for stopping basically, me. Basically, you're a better man than I am. Yeah. And you oh, made, yeah. you that's made exactly a wiser what it choice. Was. Yeah. Man, it's so interesting. Like, honestly, Qui-Gon – it makes you wonder how many other times there's been moments like this where Dooku kind of was, like, bending the rules of what Jedi are really supposed to do. And Qui-Gon's just like, 
um, you're my master, but this isn't right kind of a deal. I kind of get both, like, the way, maybe maybe this is how Dooku trained him, too. Qui-Gon isn't necessarily, kind of, isn't necessarily afraid to skirt the rules a little bit, mm-hmm. but he he has a, a stronger moral compass. Definitely. Than Dooku. Definitely. Oh, like I, so good. Oh, never mind. That's a quote from the second episode, and we'll save that. Well, let's get there. Let's let's do our ratings for this one, yeah. and then we'll get to the do next you, episode. Well, do you have any other things Not to really. Mention? That's essentially yeah. it. Like, I, I just thought, um, oh, a cool note. Dooku has a blue lightsaber, which oh, was yeah. cool. And it's the same hilt. Do, don't, do all Sith have red lightsabers? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. All Sith has red lightsabers. Um, what do the colors of the lightsabers mean? So for the Jedi, then okay, there could be some super fan out there that knows more about this than me. So forgive me if I get some of this wrong. But from what I am to understand, uh, the red kyber crystals, which kyber crystals are what make the color of the lightsaber, um, the red kyber crystals are for Sith. It's only Sith that use red and stuff. Like that's it. There's no Jedi that Can use. Can a Jedi use red. a red lightsaber? No, and I like it won't work for them or. I don't know if that's quite it. I I truly can't remember. And I think they do touch on this at moments. I think it's literally like the colors do signify some type of like um, morality mm-hmm. in the person that's wielding it. Um, or, or maybe morality is not the right word. But like um, there's some type of like There's a connection, connection. with the lightsaber and the Jedi. Yes, there's some kind of like force connection between the colors, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Hey, this is Josh from the future doing a little insert here. I didn't quite know what I was talking about when it came to lightsaber colors. So I thought I would insert this in just because it is super interesting just to know this. And so I'm going to delete part of what I said because I was a little bit wrong. I I was pretty close, but um, yeah. I would love to tell you guys what the actual (laughs) meanings of the lightsaber colors are. So real quick, blue. Loyalty, stability, truth, and justice. So each one of these colors has kind of these different traits. So blue is loyalty, stability, truth, and justice. Green is growth, safety, and harmony. Red is power, anger, and hatred. So the Sith, obviously, uh, they're kind of fueled by hatred and anger. That's what they always say. So it makes sense that their color would be red. Purple is Mace Windu. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, purple is nobility and wisdom. Yellow is goodness, warmth, energy. Orange is creativity, ambition, and resourcefulness. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's only video games that show orange lightsabers. I can't remember any other examples of orange lightsabers. So I think it's more like recent video games that show that one. Uh, so that one's creativity, ambition, and resourcefulness. Uh, white is purity, peace, positivity, and neutrality, which I love because of Ahsoka. If you know about Ahsoka, the fact that neutrality is the color of her lightsabers is amazing. Love that. Uh, And then, of course, black. Power, darkness, aggression, and mystery. Uh, There's only one example uh, known for lightsabers when it comes to dark and that is the dark saber that shows up in the Mandalorian culture. Um, so that is the colors of the lightsabers. The more you know. All right, back to the podcast. Anyway, ratings. Ratings. For this one. 
Um, visual effects, I gave it a 9.1 again. Super good. Looks amazing. Uh, environmental stuff again, just super, super good. Everything looks amazing. 9.1, not too much more to say about that. Effects, I gave an 8. Yes, deserving of it. Um, acting, this we can definitely get into. Um, I gave it an 8. Very good. Yeah, I gave it an 8. Yeah, very good um, acting. I really liked, like I said before already, Corey Burton. Mad respect to Corey Very Burton. Good. Yeah. He does in in Clone Wars, he makes he does like he does such a great rendition mm-hmm. of the way Christopher Plummer played Dooku Absolutely. in the live in live action yeah. Star Wars. He did phenomenal. So to have him like like I almost want to like I would love to sit down and be like, how did you how did you create this voice? Because he he plays him younger, but he still has the same like um, way of, it's like, not Christopher oh. Plummer. <laughs> no, sorry, it's Christopher <laughs> Lee, right? Uh, Christopher Plummer is entirely different. That, that's I, entirely I just said different the guy. I, once you said that, I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, it's no, Christopher Lee. It's Christopher yes, Lee. Sorry, my mistake. I, <laughs> I like, knew there's going to be some about. fans yelling at their the podcast engines right now. <laughs> Christopher Plummer, another great actor. I'm sorry, this is not your moment to shine. <laughs> sorry, I cut you off there, but. No. Um, I just I it's had... deserving. Thank you. I would it would have bothered me so much later. <laughs> I would have had people text me. Um, your friend doesn't know who this guy. How about is. you get your friend? Get, tell him to get it together. Uh, but yeah, acting was really good yeah. in this one. Like you said, the super super good uh, Dooku. Um, even it's so cool that they got the son of Liam Neeson. Yeah. To or the I don't know maybe younger brother or something, but um, very very cool. Um, so acting was good. Dialogue, also really stellar. Um, some really cool lines and stuff in this one. I gave it an 8. For Sorry, which one? Dialogue. Dialogue, I also gave it an 8. Um, I can't pinpoint anything specifically, but like in, in, in its entirety, this episode just, it hooked me. Yes. And it, it, it really, it, it made me think a lot mm-hmm. about like even... Like I've, I mentioned it before, and we're going to keep mentioning this throughout these others. It really made me think about society and politics, yeah, yeah. political power, yeah. corruption. Like it, it, it leaves so much to ponder. It does. So like you – I started watching this really late yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was only intending to watch two or three episodes. I watched all of it. I yeah. was hooked. Yeah. I, I went to bed late. I'm sorry. I went to bed late too. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. I could not stop. I had to finish it. It was really good. Um. Any other comments about, like, the dialogue? No. Okay. Not really. Sound design in the score. I give it 8.5 for this one. I really like the sound design. There was a few little um, songs. I can't remember right now, but I remember right after finishing this episode, I was just kind of, like, writing my notes and stuff, and I caught myself humming the track that they ended the song with, like, just the, um, I can't remember what you call this, but orchestratic orchestratic what do you say what's the word for that music the music at the end of the episode uh i started humming that tune in my head um the music in this has been very emotional eh like the it has. the sound really design has. very emotional like they really make you feel the weight of like the seriousness of what's going on in these next few episodes Really, really good. So sound design, very well done. 8. It 5. really, it really did match with like 
what the audience is feeling and mm-hmm. pro- and like what the characters are going through. Like it really, it it pulled you in more. Absolutely agree. Story slash plot nine. It's, Sorry, I yes. cut you off. I Do was it. excited. <laughs> nine, eight point eight for me. Basically a yeah. nine. Really, really good. If um, I was going into decimals on this one, which I'm, I'm gonna start doing decimals later. Yeah, so I'll leave it. Yeah, I would have easily gone nine point two, nine point three. Yeah. Okay. It was. I'm telling you, I what it was. I don't know what it was specifically, but this mm-hmm. one, it just this show gripped me <laughs> and it made me think things and i love when i get a show that's like oh this is making me real contemplative i love it that's my jam these are moments where i wish we had a video podcast because john is just like has his like fist in the fist air pumping like, i'm like grasping the air with his yes. fist in the no, sky genuinely this is my favorite star wars content <laughs> so far it's been really good um all right so my average score did we do all of them already uh character yeah. development i don't know if- yeah we did Oh, you know what? I might have skipped over that one. Did we I? We haven't. We did voice acting. We did sound design. Did we do effects? We haven't done all of these yet. No, we did visual effects. I gave it an eight for visual effects. Yeah, I gave it a nine point one. Acting was an eight. I think I might have skipped over character development accidentally. Um, I. You know what? I definitely did. That was okay. what I did. So character development. What would you give it? Nine. Nine. Yeah, this is really high. It could even. Honestly, you know what? I'm going to start doing decibels right now. 9.5. Oh, my gosh. Almost a perfect score. I, I just... <laughs> the story... <laughs> but I, this isn't the story. This is character development. Yeah. Like Dooku's story. Okay. Just... Mm, no. 9.5 is a little strong. I will That's say that. That's very strong. Let's go 9.2. All right. All right. Let's go 9.2. I gave it I feel 8. like that's 5. still good. Yeah. Because I felt like the characters in this, like you... Like you said, you really get hooked into just the emotion and the attachment, like it, like the conflict in Dooku and stuff in this episode. You can really feel it, and they just did such a good job at like developing that side of Dooku that we've not really seen before. Um, which is kind of like yeah. the whole like purpose of Tales of the Jedi is is telling these little tiny stories that we haven't really gotten a look at before. So yeah. like, to get a look at Dooku as a Jedi. So cool. So very well developed. In this, the reason I gave us your high rating is in, in, in like, I don't know, what was this one? 16 minutes or so? In less than, in less than 20 minutes, Star Wars made me take a character that I was like, oh, he's just bad. Like, he's just a villain. Yeah. And made me, made me love him. Yeah. They did a really good job. In 20 minutes, they made me totally change my mind on Dooku. Yeah. They did a really, really good job. 8.5 8.5 for me. Um, 9.2, is that what you said? Yeah. Um, all right, and then dialogue, I had an 8. 8 for dialogue. Sound design, 8.5. 8. Story plot, 8.8. 8. 9. Okay, so my average score, so I gotta refigure as you're probably recalculating yours, um, I believe mine was an 8.5. Ooh. You ready? Yep. 8.5. What was your total? 8.5. What? I'm still lower than you? (laughs) That's crazy. But okay. I mean, I will gladly. This is my highest rated episode so far then of all time. I think it's because of the visual effects and all that stuff, right? So (laughs) Um, yeah, mine's 8.5. Who knew? So that would give us an average score 
of 8.6. I got so much out of this episode. I got to see more of my favorite character of all Star Wars history. And I got to experience, like, Dooku's origin is, like, not the worst. So Yes. All right. So, the episode two of Star Wars, Tales of the Jedi, Justice is the Millennial Falcon, 8.6. 8 points, that's very fair. That's really high. That's definitely going to be our highest we've ever had so far. And deserving of it, honestly. Very, very good episode. Totally an 8.6 episode for sure. All right, moving on to the next one. I know this is already becoming a longer podcast, but let's just see how this goes. Um, Because we are covering a lot of content here. All right, here we go. The plot. Wikipedia for choices. Episode 3. Dooku and Jedi Master Mace Windu are sent to Raxus Secundus, is probably how that's pronounced, to recover the body of Jedi Council member Khatri for burial. Burial. Burial? Burial, yeah. Burial. Either one. (laughs) Against orders, Dooku insists on investigating the mysterious death. They discover that Senator Larrick and Master Khatri were attacked by Larrick's own guards who wanted to force the corrupt senator to stop draining Raxus's resources. The two Jedi subdue the guards, but not before the guards kill the senator. Following Katri's funeral at the Jedi Temple, Windu is promoted to the vacant spot in the Jedi Council instead of the older Dooku. Windu says that this is likely because of Dooku's rule-breaking and aggressive methods. Very... That, that's definitely the entire episode yeah. right there and again. there's this episode where the other one, where episode two was like, it was a simple plot, but it had such, like, such big, like, it was so big. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. This one had so much going on. It did. It was really, really good. Um, It's still a great episode. And again, like, character development is a big thing for me. I talk about it so much. And yeah. I feel like I've gone, like... Every episode gone so much time on character development. But, like, the same thing again. Like, Dooku witnesses a senator mm-hmm. who is just really greedy. Yeah. And is, like, literally selling out his own planet's resources yeah. for wealth. Yeah, again. And, yeah. like, you really see, like, he... You really see, like, he... Even the way he handles Katri's death, like, he, he cares about people. And he, he has a... He does, yeah. He, he, at, at this point, he still has his moral compass. Uh-huh. And he, he wants to do what's right, even if it's against the orders. Whereas yeah. you see Mace Windu is like, I'm just going to follow the rules. I'm going to follow protocol. Even the way that even the way Dooku kind of confronts me is like, if you were the one that was dead, wouldn't you want uh, Master Khatri to be the one investigating your your death? Mm-hmm. Or would you want him just to leave? He's like, yeah. no, I would want him to follow protocol. Right. Like he yeah. just he's to a fault. He just yeah. is Mace a Mace Windu is all about the rules. Yeah. And Dooku's like... The rules suck. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do things your own way. Yeah. But like, yeah, he, he has such a, he has good motives. Good intention. Good, good intention. Motives. Yeah. Um, but the way he goes about it is where it becomes wrong. Which he actually says that same thing to uh, one of the guards. Yeah. He's like, I, I kind of agree with your sentiments, but uh-huh. I don't like the way you went about it. And he says that to a, to a guard. Which is one of those things I'm like, dude, you're talking about your like you're seeing into yourself here, which is really cool. Yes. The this episode, like I'm gonna say a quote here in a second, um, that I wrote down from this, but this episode is really the one 
that really starts to drive home the idea of the Jedi aren't always that good and stuff for yeah. me. Like the Jedi aren't always right. The Jedi aren't always. Uh, well, at this point, isn't it kind of like they're kind of making they're making the point that whatever the Senate says to do is what the Jedi are going to do. So well, it's not necessarily that they're always doing what's right. They're just following the orders of the Senate. Which is a perfect segue to the quote that I was wanting to say from one of the soldiers. Oh, sorry. So the Jedi are lapdogs for the Senate. Their bidding always comes first. Jedi claim peace, but mostly keep the law and order for the rich and powerful. That's what one of the soldiers says to Dooku and Mace Windu and stuff. And Dooku's totally relating to his point of view, like you were just saying. Um, super fascinating. Like, it, it's just so interesting to to really have a lot of this yeah. stuff really come up to light. Even um, the, the movies kind of speak on this a little bit where like the Jedi, like Qui-Gon's like, I fear the Jedi are losing their way. And the whole quote of like, we're supposed to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers, I think is yes. what Mace Windu says. Yes. And all er, these things like. I think, oh yeah, it is Mace Windu. I yes. think, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was Windu. Yeah, it is. But this just like, it gives you a greater example of what they're talking mm-hmm. about in the, in those instances. Yeah, you're right. This, this really like goes like between the lines, if you will, of what the original movies kind of yeah. did. And this this really just expands, which is, I mean, the whole purpose of it, but it really just expands on all these thoughts. This episode just kind of goes into, like, sometimes the the lines between what's right and what's wrong can feel a little blurred. Yes. Which is kind of, like, the gray area aspect of life that this kind of yeah. goes into, where it's, like, it's yeah. sometimes, like, there's tension. Sometimes life isn't all clear-cut, black and white, like, mm-hmm. this is right, this is wrong. Yeah. So, Dooku's trying to do what's right. But he's also not totally doing what's right. He's yeah. kind of right. He's kind of wrong. These guards are kind of right. They're kind of wrong. See, Jedi just, are kind of right, kind of wrong. I don't know. Yeah. There's some stuff that happens in the next episode that I really want to yeah. talk about that gets to that exact point. So, um, But I'll save it. Maybe um, maybe for that, then we can just air everything out that we've been. Yeah. So let's wrap up this one real quick. Uh, one of the quotes. Um, so basically, after all that stuff happens, uh, when they go to the planet, and the soldiers show them show Dooku and Mace Windu the site uh, where Katri was killed and stuff. And they're like looking around. They examine the situation. They're like, "Hey, your ship would have all these uh, blaster marks on it if it was really here." And they start to kind of infer that something's not quite right. Uh, and then the soldiers kill the senator and stuff. They wrap up all that. They basically uh, that fight scene is actually really cool and stuff. The choreography was actually really yeah, really cool. That was really great. Uh, super well done. Just the animation and stuff of it all. Uh, of it and <laughs> all my words today are struggling. Um, but super cool fight scene. Um, it's actually just like really cool to see Dooku out there with his blue lightsaber being like extremely agile because he's not exactly an old the man, man yet. No. Yeah, he's he's kind of like middle-aged maybe. Oh, yeah, he's... Um, so maybe not prime, but definitely close to it. I will say even old, old Dooku is a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> I didn't even catch that, but yes. Um, but super cool scenes. Um, and then they kind of wrap all that up, uh, take the guards into custody and stuff. And after all that, Dooku says to Mace Windu as they're leaving, um, he says this line I thought was really good. Um, Do you think the Jedi will truly keep peace if they take everything the Senate says to be law? And it's like at this point, and, and we're about to see, um, as I said from the Wikipedia, entry uh 
Mace Windu ends up taking Katri's place on the Senate, count or not the Senate, sorry, the Jedi Council and stuff. But this is really the point where I feel like Dooku's starting to like not be afraid to expose his thoughts. Yeah. He's be- he's becoming even more so than in the first episode. This yes. is really He's becoming very disenfranchised. Yes. And he's like not afraid to show it exactly either. He's like the other Jedi know yeah. that he's kind of like on the edge with some of this stuff. Or... And there's got to be, I don't know how many years, but there's some years between episode two and this one. Definitely. So I feel like behind what, like in the scenes we didn't get to see, like in between those two times, mm-hmm. there's a lot that's maybe festering and there's other, th- other things he's been through that kind of really lead him to this conclusion. Absolutely. It, honestly, right from episode two to episode four, there's probably like a solid decade. Oh, there's quite a bit of time. Maybe even more than that. Because this was like from Qui-Gon being a Padawan yeah. all the way to... Him being uh, like a middle-aged man and dying. All the way to Force Ghost. Um, I don't know if he's a middle-aged man or not, but... Older. I don't know. How old do you think Qui-Gon was supposed to be when he died? I would say... Late 30s, 40s? 40s. Yeah, I would always. I've, I've just always assumed for. I always pictured him as forties, but I'm wondering if that's just because I was a little kid the first time I saw this movie. But um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, anyway, it's really fascinating to just see Dooku starting to become more and more displeased with the ways of the Jedi. Um, any other thoughts about this episode before we get to the ratings? No, not really. I think I've covered everything. All right, here we go with the score ratings. Visual effects slash animation. Again, just a 9.1. Most of these I just gave a 9.1. Really, really, really good. Visual Uh, effects? Yep. Visual effects animation, 9.1. So I gave it an 8. 8. Solid. Acting. Uh, For me, very good acting. Again, um, there's a lot more lines and stuff. It's easier to judge the acting when there's just a lot more stuff being said. (laughs) And stuff, like, compared to, like, that first one with Baby Ahsoka. Um, but this one, very good uh, acting. I thought the acting was great. 8.5. Yeah. I gave it an 8. 8, yeah. I But it, I almost want to do 8.5 because I'm trying to get into decimals. So, you know what? I feel like 8.5 is it. very fair. Change your stuff on the fly if you want. I should have uh, let you know I was doing decimals now. Um, I, that's good. I like that. That maybe helps kind of really clear it up. So I, I think it does. I think it gives it a better chance mm-hmm. like uh, uh, being a more accurate i should say um all right dialogue what do you think for dialogue oh man dialogue was really good um there was so many like the scene where dooku is talking with one of the guards mm-hmm. was really good like him and the interactions he has with windu where they kind of like butt heads a little bit yeah there was so much there was so like it was so good it was stellar I, I had it at an eight. I'm doing decimals, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go another eight point five. I give this one an eight point eight. I, like oh. this is the first episode where I actually had like multiple quotes written down because they were just so good. Like I heard the yeah. lines and I was another just like, really Man, good that was a really good line. Sorry. Um oops. So yeah, dialogue eight point eight for me. Another really good line. I I don't know exactly how it goes, but uh Dooku says to Windu like I find your devotion to the rules sometimes really good and sometimes maddening. I, I didn't say that at yeah, all correctly. That, but that sounds familiar. I feel like I remember something along those lines. Yeah. Really good. Um, 
Sound design, score, 8.3 for me. Very good. I gave it an 8. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, Very immersive. Um, Music was great. Um, Yeah, not too much to say about that one. Uh, Story, plot. So the actual story of this thing. I gave it an 8.9. Really, really good. Yeah? (laughs) I loved it. I thought this one was so good. All right. Adding decimals, I'm going nine point two. Nine point two. Okay. This was a. This was really good. Like this yeah. one was really good. They this, were all. Tales of the Jedi, man, can't recommend it enough. Yeah, this was this was fantastic. It's a really good series, and and honestly, I know I've said it already. Like I've been giving the visual effects nine point one, but man, it's just so beautiful. Like it's a gorgeous looking show, uh, for animation especially. It's just like man, this looks good. Um. All right. So. My average rating is 8.7. So, ooh. What you got? 8.5. 8.5. This is the highest. I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. This is the highest rated episode. Okay. So, this makes Star Wars Tales of the Jedi Season 1 Episode 3 Choices. Millennial Falcon review score, 8.6. Wait, what was your score? Because mine was 8.5. Mine's 8.7. Okay, yeah. All right. So right in between. Um, all right. Here we go. <laughs> Star Wars, Tales of the Jedi, Season 1, Episode 4, The Sith Lord John. Hit us with the summary for this one. The Sith Lord. At the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, Dooku secretly uses access codes that belong to Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas to infiltrate the Jedi archives and erase all records of the planet Kamino. Shortly afterwards, Dooku is informed by Jocasta Nu about Qui-Gon's encounter with Darth Maul on Tatooine. <laughs> Later, Dooku reunites with Qui-Gon and Jedi Master Yaddle. The trio discuss the encounter with the Sith Lord. Dooku warns his former apprentice that the Jedi Council is unlikely to take the concerns about Maul's threat seriously. Shortly after Qui-Gon's death, Yaddle discovers that Dooku has been collaborating with another Sith Lord, Darth Sidious. She attempts to reason with Dooku, but is unsuccessful. The two engage in a lightsaber duel in the presence of Sidious. Dooku subdues and kills Yaddle in order to prove his loyalty to Sidious, Thus solidifying Dooku's fall to the dark side of the Force. Solidifying it. Solidified. Kind of struggled with that one a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. Solidified. This episode, I know I've been saying this every time, but this episode was so cool. <laughs> this was a really good one. Dude, this whole Dooku origin yeah. plot. It's, a, it's awesome. It just, start to finish, was so beautiful. Chef's kiss, as Chef's you would say. kiss. <laughs> It do do be good, though. Right off the bat, so cool to see them actually explain this because I can't remember if they actually – if we ever know who is the one who deleted the Kamino archives. Who deleted Kamino? From the library, uh, from like the Jedi library. So – or library. I don't know what you call it. Archives? The archives. Um, Dooku. Yeah. Deleted it. Why why did it need to be deleted? So he was trying to hide the planet from Because uh, that's where all the clones were being made, right? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure 
it hints at Dooku being the one who actually killed Master Sifo-Dyas as well. But I'm yeah. less sure about that Do detail. We, we hear about him in... Attack of the Clones. In Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And maybe a few other times I've heard of him. Do yeah. we ever see Master Sifo-Dyas? Like, is, there, uh, is he actually ever portrayed on screen? I... You know what? I actually don't know. I can't remember. I don't think so. I, I can't remember if Sifo-Dyas is ever portrayed in the Clone Wars. It, he might be in some random flashback episode, but I can't remember, honestly. Um, but, yeah, very interesting. Like, it, I, from my memory, and there might be some su super nerd out there that knows this, and maybe it's been said before, but from my memory, I can't remember if they ever said who killed him. Uh, and I think it is implying, especially based on some other things that Dooku says later on in this episode, uh, it does make me think that he's the one who killed Master Sifo-Dyas and stuff and is trying to hide Kamino. Well, definitely we know that he was the one that's hiding Kamino um, and stuff. Like, the reason they're hiding the planet from the Jedi, I, I guess, is because they're don't wanting them, they don't want the Council to discover that they have an army. <laughs> you laughing at me? Or? No, my stomach is like going oh. crazy right now. I don't know. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know. Like they, they didn't want them to discover all these plans because they're building some giant army and stuff uh, for the Republic, quote unquote. But I, I don't know. That part, honestly, I can't remember if we ever understand if Palpatine meant for Obi-Wan to discover Kamino and like figure out that the clones – are there for part of the Republic and all this stuff. I, I don't know. I can't remember if we ever kind of figure out if that was part of his plan all along or if the whole reason why Dooku hid it from uh, the records and stuff is because Palpatine had his whole other plan where he was just going to use the clones to take over anyway. I don't know. Oh, so maybe they weren't even supposed to be a part of like... I don't know. So I'm, it, okay. I'm really unsure about that detail. So you mean like what you're saying is maybe the original plan was for the clones to just... Right off the bat, be stormtroopers. You know what? Now that we're saying all this out loud, it could it couldn't be because it, it does feel like Palpatine's master plan the whole time was to make the Republic like basically be yeah. on the side of the clones because he ends up using them to basically backstab the Jedi with Order sixty six. Okay, and kill yeah, them all. that makes sense. It must have been part of his plan that they would eventually discover it. Maybe he just needed them to have enough time. You know what? This has got to be it. He needed them to have enough time to basically not know about Camino for them to actually build up this army. That makes sense. Okay. And yeah. stuff. Because now that they actually have this army, because if they would have discovered have to this. raise them from kids, right? Yeah. It, like he said, the, I think the life cycle is literally like two times as fast, I think is what they said. So like they age twice as fast as normal human. Um, but yeah, you know what? This all makes much more sense that this was all part of the plan now that we're actually talking it out. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, super interesting. That's just something that's been that's been confusing to me since we watched Attack of the Clones. Yeah. It it's definitely has all been kind of shrouded in mystery and stuff. And, and I think this episode really kind of exposes some of the plot. And that's my big beef with watching Clone Wars is like, why am I supposed to care about these clones that are eventually just going to betray us all? Don't worry, you'll figure why, it all out. Why would I care about Commander Cody and Rex? You will. <laughs> don't I do, but I don't want to. Is the thing. But that's what I that's that's what I said about Dooku. I didn't care about Dooku yeah. until this episode. So, 
Star Wars just like messing with my heart. Yeah. It, it's so interesting how this this uh, episode, like this number four here that we're talking about, um, kind of takes place over the course of like Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of spans them a little bit. Oh, something I thought was really interesting in this is how um, Dooku, like when he's uh, basically leaving the um, – I can't remember where he's coming from. Basically, he's on Coruscant and stuff, and he's driving away or flying away, and Yodel no, – uh, Yaddle? Yaddle. Yeah, Yodel Ahuhu. Um, <laughs> Master Yaddle uh, follows him and stuff, and they go to this part of Coruscant where it's all like in ruins and stuff, eh? Like did you notice that? I thought they left that? Coruscant. I thought they were in a different... No, they're still in Coruscant. I was... Maybe they're not... I was very much under the impression that this was still Coruscant. I just... I didn't know where they were. I thought it was a different planet. But I could be wrong. I I wasn't paying enough attention, so maybe you are I'm pretty sure it's still Coruscant. But I just think it's interesting that there's this big part of the planet that's just in ruins and stuff. Like, it's all, like, worn down and, like, the buildings are falling apart and stuff. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, what the heck happened here that this whole part of the planet's all, like, a big mess? Um, I, don't I don't know. Just interesting. Just just a little detail I noticed that I couldn't I, – I didn't understand. This episode made me really sad, though. Like, knowing you're seeing Qui-Gon right before he dies. I know, eh? Was, like – and they did, Liam Neeson did the voice yes. and everything. Isn't that sweet? It's just like, oh, no, don't go. Don't <laughs> go get dead by Darth Maul. Yeah, so cool that Liam Neeson actually oh, comes back in voice acts like, on again. Liam Neeson Very cool. has like three minutes worth of lines at best. Yeah. And he comes back. That's so cool to me. Shout out Liam Neeson. And um, Ian McDarmid, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, returns to returns to voice act Palpatine as well. Oh, so he's the I original, didn't... like the one who played him in the actual movies. Yeah. Same guy who voices. He's always been Palpatine, right? Or does he not do him in? I think some other people has have done. I think there's been a few people actually that have done Palpatine's voice throughout the animated series. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure there's been a few. Interesting. I remember when I looked it up once, like it came up with like a whole bunch of names and stuff of people that have done Palpatine. So, but yeah, um, my heart was like breaking for Dooku. I like, know. In this episode. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Like how they get you to really feel for him and stuff. It's like the poor guy is just like, he's so misguided. Like he's right. He's right about the Jedi. Like he's right about how they they are kind of corrupt by the Senate and stuff. And it's so funny because um, Sidious comments um, like on Dooku's point of view that like the Jedi are blindly following this corrupt Senate. Meanwhile, Sidious, like Palpatine, is the one that's corrupting it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like he is the one that's behind the scenes. He's just playing everybody. He's just pulling everybody like puppets. Yeah, it, it's just it's so funny. And then, and that's the part that Dooku is so upset about. Yet the one that you're serving now you're, you're, is the one causing all the trouble. You're like literally going right into the yeah. lion's den. It's like this part. Oh, this is kind of what I wanted to comment about based on what we were talking about the last episode. There's that moment in this episode where Dooku is um, like he runs away in uh, Coruscant and basically uh, Master Yaddo follows him and he meets Sidious in that like, I don't know, airplane hangar kind of a thing, whatever you want to call it. And... Okay, so Dooku is there right in between Sidious 
and Yaddle. And it's like that angels on your shoulder kind you know, of a thing. Angels and demon thing. Yeah. It's like Sidious is like the demon and Yaddle is like the angel. They're both trying to like tell him different perspectives on what's wrong and stuff. And Yaddle's like, it's okay. Like you, we know you've made mistakes and stuff. We'll, we'll figure it all out and stuff. And Sidious is like, no, do it. Kill her kind of a thing. Do it. <laughs> and it's just like that part right there was the part that was really like kind of breaking my heart because it was just like, ah, oh, Dooku, yeah. you're being so poisoned. This is the scene where you can see he completely just loses his soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just like in that moment where he kills with the final, yeah. like the straw that breaks camel's back as he tells Sidious, she was like, I've betrayed everyone and I've betrayed everything I believed in for you. Like, yeah. what else are you going to ask of me? And then Sidious is basically like, oh, I'm going to ask a lot more of you. Yeah. Like, yeah. he doesn't even hide the fact that, like, I'm just using you. He's literally just, like, basically telling me, I'm just using you. You're just in, you're just yeah. part of my toolbox. That's actually the moment that makes me think that Dooku is the one who killed Sifo-Dyas because he brings him up by name when he's talking to Dooku about all the things that he's he sacrificed or all the things that he's done. Right I can't remember the phrasing he used. I wish I would have wrote this part down. But he's like, um, he's like, yeah, it's like for everything I did with Kamino and Sifo-Dyas. And stuff. It's like, I feel like he's saying, like, you made me kill Sifo-Dyas. Like, I can't believe I've already done all these things for you. I've sacrificed so much. Because, and he's saying, like, he's believing, like, he in this twisted way, he's believing that he's doing this for the right reasons. Like, he's doing this for peace. He wants to see world peace. Yeah. Um, I you, think you found the part. Yeah, basically, long story short, I, Google says Count Dooku killed oh okay so there you go um yeah it's just so interesting and so sad and it's just like man so cool to be able to see this perspective from dooku do you know what i thought about watching this episode completely not star wars related but i remember there was a lot of people that i was in youth group with in like high school like Mm -hmm. junior high high that I was in in youth group with, and so many of the people that I was in youth group with have completely left the church, like left their faith, and are just they don't have no, yeah, no desire to follow Christ anymore. Yeah, and that's kind of what this made me think of, like, and which is another reason why these few episodes seem so cool to me is like it's not just all of a sudden one day like oh I'm not a Jedi anymore, or I'm not a Christian anymore. I don't believe this anymore. It's like the slow, mm-hmm. how many different things have happened to Dooku over yeah. time that now he's like, I've completely lost hope for this. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. So, these episodes, all of them, even with Ahsoka, really made me think about faith and mm-hmm. God and politics, yeah. all these like culture, society, like yeah. So many things. Like, I'll try to comment on this in a way that doesn't spoil anything, but you really get to see both sides of, like, the perspective. Oh, man, how do I say this without spoiling anything? Are you talking about Ahsoka now? Yes, I am. Because hmm. um, my guess, and I could be wrong, is my guess is that after Anakin betrays everything and becomes Darth Vader... She, because she was his Padawan, really struggles with that. 
she definitely does struggle so, with that. But at that I don't point. want spoilers. I want I yeah. don't want to know. So ah oh, man, I really want to make some points, but I can't say anything without spoiling this Ahsoka part of it. It's gonna have to wait. But if you if you really want to say it, I'll I'll be okay with the spoilers. Okay, I'll see if I can say this without. Like you might infer some stuff from this, but which is fine. Ultimately, I don't mind. Yeah, I would just like to be surprised, but I don't mind. Okay. This Tales of the Jedi series is really a story about two Jedi who took a different path on the same motives. Oh, like I kind of already got that, just because I'm like, why would they pair Dooku? And Ahsoka in this series. Oh, there's got to be a reason. So I kind of figured there was a, a thing. Yeah. So like Ahsoka also doesn't agree with the Jedi Council and like their motives and the way they do things and stuff. And so she goes about her way of doing things. And Dooku, same thing. He doesn't like what the, the Jedi Council is doing and how the Senate is involved in it and all this different stuff with the Republic. And he goes about his ways. And so they both kind of take different paths on the same passion and it's just fascinating and it, it does like make me think of our faith a little bit too and, and and stuff in a way that it's just like like you were just talking about it's it's so easy for somebody to feel to get misled and stuff like you like we we're just talking about like the angels and demon thing like on your shoulder like you got this darth sidious guy whispering into your ears kind of like hey this is the right way to solve these problems. This is the right way to go about this way of living, to become a good person or to do all these good things and stuff. And then you have the other side where it's just like, oh, like following like God's path for you and like loving your enemy and doing all these different things and stuff is like in like, you know, walking the way of Jesus is the other way. And it's like, there's only one right way and everyone's trying to do the right thing. But it's just there's different paths, and it's ultimately always up to us on which way we're going to choose. Um, but it's just it's so fascinating to see this story really break down these two paths um, that people can take. Um, it's so fascinating. It's so well done. So well done. This, I feel like I'm just reiterating what I've already said, but like this, this whole series just really made me think about life and like culture and all these yeah. different things like the way they deal with like political power and like it was just uh-huh. it was fascinating it's really really this good. was it was really brilliantly done show i don't know if there's anything else i really have to yeah i don't really have too much else to say. say um other than that it's very cool that you do get to see a little bit of master yaddle um did she show up in any other star she wars content makes some like background appearances kind of a thing i'm pretty sure you see she's her. the same race as yoda right yeah that's what yeah. i was gonna say like she's the same race it's, it's one of the only times you ever see somebody of the same race of as yoda other than grogu who shows up in the mandalorian um that's really the one of the only other times you ever see somebody from yoda's race so very cool to see that um yeah last fact kind of like fun thing before we get into ratings and end this episode Bryce Dallas Howard does the voice of of Yaddle. You know who that is, Bryce uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. She is the um, the female lead in the Jurassic World movies. Have you seen the The Jurassic World movies? She's the redhead. Redhead? Yeah, redhead. No. Yeah, 
That's who does this voice. Yeah, she does y- Yaddle. <laughs> what? I know. It's That's hard to crazy. picture, eh? Like, once I, when I was looking at the cast and stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, Liam Neeson's back. Ian McDiarmid mid, uh, plays Palpatine again. Oh, You're Bryce right. Dallas Howard does Yaddle? Like, wow. that was surprising to me. Okay, um, now I see it. I can see it now. Yeah. She did a pretty good job at, like, yeah, sounding older. Yeah. Eh? Like, that was a really good voiceover job yeah, then. Yeah, she did a great job. After uh, the, you know what? I feel like for these, I should start looking up who the voice actors are so I can give it a better rating. Like you, that would really influence. Should my that influence more. your rating of who is doing it and not just the performance itself? Mm, good point. Edit this out. <laughs> All right. Speaking of performances and whatnot, let's get into the ratings. Yeah. All right. All right. It's Drop been a long episode. Thanks for bearing with us on this one. Visual effects. 9.1 again for me. Eight. Um, oh, wait. Yeah. 9.1. That uh, was great. That eight. was really good. Really, really good. Again, super awesome. Um, the fight scene again between Dooku and Yaddle. That was a super great Super cool. That was a great sequence. Very good sequence. Very well animated. Um, The part where Dooku thinks he's won and then Yaddle makes like one last, like, yes. she lifts the. the giant door with the force and yeah. then like falls down you're like oh she made it she made nope no. she is gone yeah it took like every last it's ounce like of the force within crazy. her to try to survive oh, and then she passes out it like half passes out and dooku merciless mercilessly 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 takes her out so sad um yeah very top tier animation Again, mm-hmm. that's why I gave it a 9.1. Top tier. Um, acting, 8.2. Really solid. Really good. Um, I think I gave this slightly less than maybe the last one. I thought there was um, just a couple moments with some kind of like side characters that you see that maybe could have been delivered a little bit better. It, truthfully, even Liam Neeson's lines, as much as I love that Liam Neeson was there, I thought he maybe could have done a couple more takes to maybe just deliver it just a little bit better. Um, that's just me being picky, but maybe he was like, "I'm Liam Neeson. I can do what I want." Yeah, he probably just no, came in and did like a couple takes, and that was it, or maybe even just one take. But um, felt like I didn't notice have... anything. I thought he did fine. I didn't notice anything. It was I gave it fine. It just I felt like it could have been better. I gave it. An... I'm not changing my ratings this time. I gave it an eight point five. Eight point five. All right. Um, character development very high. Very high. <laughs> Wait, you go first. Oh my gosh, you! I can keep hearing my stomach churning, and it's oh, that's what I keep hearing too. I so keep much. feeling like somebody's talking okay. in the building or something. We're the only ones in this building, and John's stomach keeps being another person. Oh, we're just editing this out, right? We're not going to talk about I'm, my stomach. I'm keeping it in now. No, <laughs> ruining your take. <laughs> Character development. <laughs> Why did you give character development? Uh, 9.1. 9.1? I give it a 9. 9. Yeah. Yeah. Good character development. So good. Like, Although, oh my gosh. I'm a little bit biased because I feel like I'm just taking all three of these episodes with Dooku. Yeah. Episode, so. They you make a great trilogy. That's a really good point. I'm probably doing the same. So, but not 9.1. They, you know what? I, I did give us a 9 because it just, I felt like they really, like, oh man, this is where it becomes a little bit hard not to blur plot and character development together for me mm, yeah. because the plot is super, super good. And like the development of Dooku 
is really solidified in this, which is why it got so high for me because you just there's so many moments and things you figure out that he did, like killing Sifadeus and um, just he's the one that took out Camino and he just like he exposes that he's been on this path of like doing all these things for Sidious and stuff in order to like bring peace and like just that conflict again. It's just like, oh my gosh, just understanding yeah. all that now well, really even, makes you feel for that character so much. So th- I, I guess that is why it bumped up for me. Oh, sorry. I kind of wanted to mention this early because this really feeds into character development. You can see, like, you know he's working with Sidious because of the he deleted Camino off the archives. Yeah. But he's still, like, he's still really torn up over the fact that Darth Maul had to kill Qui-Gon. Yes, When he's, yes. like, standing by the tree that you're like... You 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 really feel the like the tension that he's dealing uh-huh. with. Yeah, I remember. I forgot about that part because he like goes up to Sidious. He's like, uh, "Quite this wasn't part of the plan or whatever." Like Qui Gon wasn't supposed to die, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And he's like, "I lost a Padawan too," you know, kind of a thing. Um, like that's what Sidious says because he lost he lost Maul. his apprentice. Um, apprentice, yes. Um, yeah, character development so good. It gave it a nine. Nine point one for me. Nine point one. Dialogue. Uh, 8.8. Yeah? Stellar. Oh, I gave it 8.3, but... Yeah, I just thought it was really really good. good. Um, I I didn't have as many, like, memorable quotes necessarily, but I just thought, like, just the conversation was so good. It was so well written, I feel like. A lot of the the conversations between Sidious and Dooku at the end there, and even Yaddle and stuff, like, I just thought, really well executed like uh, i i I don't know if they would have been able to do too much of a better job like it was just really really good did you kind of notice too that um even dooku's maybe this falls into more of effects or animation whatever but Mm -hmm. dooku's like posture and the way he holds himself yeah really changes especially after he kills yaddle yeah i now that you say it like his whole like his whole demeanor just Mm -hmm. is really like it's different Yes. Like he, when he's when he's Man, still with the yeah, judge, he kind of holds himself higher. Uh huh. And he kind of like he almost looks like he has his nose in the air, kind of. Yeah. But then he kind of sh- changes a bit. Hmm. I never picked up on that at or the time. Maybe that's but now that just you're saying in it, that scene because he's yeah. so it's so emotionally heavy that in it that is. scene he is like he's more hunched over and he's yeah. like defeated more. But then again, in the later scenes where well, the live action stuff, you mm-hmm. see him kind of the same. Yeah, he does have that so posture in, to him. In, in maybe it's yeah. just in that specific moment, the way they drew yeah. him was more like he's very proper in, in his posture and everything. But yeah, super interesting. Um, what'd you give dialogue? Eight point three. You said that already, didn't you? Yep. Um, I'll say it again though. <laughs> say eight point three. Okay, there you go. Sound design slash score. What'd you give it? A good old eight. Eight point five for me. Very good, very immersive. Um, just the the symphony and everything, like the the, the score was really, really solid for like the ending the and score the fight and every, and stuff. The score throughout this whole it's been this great. Whole was really good. It's been really good. Um, all episodes, great. Seriously, like every this is why like this series is like the highest rated thing we've seen so far. It's because nearly or I'm wondering I'm wondering what's gonna top this like our later our later Clone Wars episodes gonna be topping this oh yeah for me they will I already know there's some stuff that there's a specific um part of the Clone Wars that I have actually gone back and watched again even in like before we were ever doing this podcast and stuff that because it's so friggin good 
that I've went back and watched it again. And I, I'm almost like every time I write stuff, I have that in mind because I'm like, this was really good. But was it that good? And I have to bring it down a little bit because I know I have to leave room for how good it actually gets. Yeah. <laughs> so not to hype it up too much for you, but it gets pretty good. Um, so, oh, wait, did we get to the plot yet? Story and plot? Maybe not. 9.1. 9. Yeah. Gave it a 9. Really top tier. Really good. Very, very good. Um, Seriously, every single part of this entire this is series is just stellar. Very close to a masterpiece. Top if not even just a masterpiece. Star Wars content. Honestly, this, like, okay, for fans that are listening to us right now, um, congratulations for getting this far if you're not an animation fan for Star Wars because there's plenty of huge Star Wars nuts and – I shouldn't say nuts, but Star Wars fans – out there that only watch the movies they don't watch mm-hmm. any of the shows they're just movie people i'm telling you you would really enjoy tales of the jedi it's short you don't even need to watch any of the clone wars to appreciate it because it really highlights a lot of the stuff from the movies other than maybe uh the ahsoka episodes at the end you'd appreciate less is there ever a live action ahsoka yes in what uh mandalorian Oh, okay. And there's an Ahsoka show coming out really soon. Nice. I'm super stoked for that. Like, I'm looking forward to that more than any other Star Wars content that's ever came out. Like, especially because I know what that thing's going to be about that I can't spoil stuff for you. And I'm so friggin' excited for it. Because of certain characters. Do you know what I'm excited for? What? Cheeseburger. Yes. I want a cheeseburger. Okay, you do that. We're almost done. I'm hungry. (laughs) So, I've learned my lesson I've done this two recording sessions in a row now. I have to eat dinner before I come record. All right. Totals? 8.8 for me. 8.5 for me. So that gives the Millennial Falcon math time. You said 8.4? Yep. 8.65. 8. 8.7. 8.7? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I got a different. Did I just do the math wrong on that? Oh, I, it, eight point six, but I rounded up. Eight point six five, but I rounded up. Eight point eight plus eight point four. Oh, sorry, eight point five divided by two. Mine was eight point five, not eight point four. Oh, yours is eight point five. Yes. Okay, that does it. So eight point seven then. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars: Tales of the Jedi, Season One, Episode Four: The Sith Lord, Millennial Falcon Review Score: Eight point seven. I think that's our highest one. I think it is. I think it is. You said yours is 8.5? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a longer episode. Thank you for listening. Um, So good. So much to talk about. Hope you enjoy Tales of the Jedi. This was really fun to record, too. This This was was fun. my favorite time recording so far. So I think we might have said this at the end of our last episode, but this time, for sure... The next episode of the Millennial Falcon to come out will be reviewing um, Star Wars The Clone Wars and we'll be going over season one or sorry, season three, episode one and season three, episode three for sure. Possibly getting into season one, episode one after that. But for sure, go ahead. If you're wanting to watch it along with us, go ahead. Watch season three, episode one and season three, episode three. Definitely going to be covering those two episodes on the next episode of The Millennial Falcon. You want to tell them to follow us on social media? Hey, guys, follow us on social media.
Wow, that was the best <laughs> pitch for our Instagram I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Come follow us on Instagram at the Millennial Falcon Podcast. All one word, lowercase. I don't think case matters for ads. Instagram? I don't know. Does it? I don't think so. Anyway, have a wonderful rest of you know, your day. I may be the social media manager for our podcast, but I don't know a lot about social media. May the force no, be with you. May you be with the force also. Be millennial and Falcon. Yeah, we're del- we're not we're not. I don't want to keep right? any of this in. No. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> goodbye. Oh, goodbye.